Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. We've put some incredibly well-known actors in the spotlight on this show, but today we might have one of the most prolific actors, well, at least for most of his career, that we've ever honored. Yes, that is Robert De Niro. Yeah, he hasn't always sported a mustache, but when he has... He's looked pretty fucking great. Anyway, you know Robert De Niro. He was in that Joker movie where he portrayed a better Tonight Show host than anything that's on the air right now, especially since Conan O'Brien and Craig Ferguson aren't doing it anymore. So we are honoring De Niro in Quinn Tarantino's Jackie Brown. Made in 1997, the movie pays homage to blaxploitation. Fil- Honestly, blaxploitation films closer to 1977. Anyway, I'm looking forward to discussing this movie, so let's get this show on the road. Now let's go to the mall, exchange the exact same bag from the exact same store with the exact same towels and shoot the next person that makes fun of us for not being able to locate our car in the parking lot and play that shit theme song. It's the most podcast you we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the mustache podcast you. All right, welcome to the Mustachio Podcastio. <laughs> I am your host, Daniel Segura. We are once again welcoming some first-time guests to the show, and I'm very excited. I actually really like these guys. They have perfect chemistry. You can tell that they work closely together on a constant basis and aren't completely sick of each other quite yet. Um, one of them has a pretty good mustache, and uh, they are both from the Pacific Northwest and survived the, the heat wave recently, which is awesome. Welcome to the show from Beer on the Keyboard Podcast. Michael and Justin, what is up, guys? What is up, dude? It's an honor to be on the show. It's an absolute honor. Love love listening to uh, to you. I've, I've had a chance to go through and check out about <laughs> Michael in Just the face. Just slap me in the fucking eye. <laughs> I've had a chance to go through and listen to about seven eight episodes now i'm on my eighth uh one i've just kind of been picking and choosing different movies uh mm-hmm. that you've done and I, it's, it's an absolute blast so i'm really like i've gotten myself really amped to just be a guest on it i'm pretty excited oh yeah hell yeah thank you so much i appreciate that oh thank you dan yeah thanks for the compliment on my mustache too yeah it is a great looking <laughs> mustache appreciate it it is man it's amazing i honestly one of the things when I started this show, like people are like, you don't even really sport like a full mustache. I'm like, because I don't really grow one that great. So I'm honoring guys that do. So, you know, it's well, more of a, you know what I mean? So you're one of those. So I'm a quarter check. So that's probably where all that comes from. Those, <laughs> I mean, check ah. guys are swarthy. So yeah, not this one. <laughs> but... mm-hmm. No, I'm have... smooth like everywhere else. It's just the mustache. So no chest hair? No. Yeah, Oh, damn. Oh. No, I have enough chest hair for Oh yeah, he's got all of everyone mine. in the room. He's he took all mine. <laughs> That's how close you are, he just eventually started <laughs> yeah. taking your chest hair away. Hey, so we, we swap a lot of stuff, me and him. <laughs> that oh, sounds... that's for a different show, I think. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> no, y'all are friends. Y'all just like Yeah, y'all we just... like to call ourselves that on occasion. Sometimes. <laughs> y'all just tag each other in on Saturday nights. <laughs> Awesome. So tell me a little bit about this beer on the keyboard. What is what is this all about? Well, Justy and I, we started beer on the keyboard as a response to uh, COVID-19 initially. We basically were, were barflies and we were bummed that all the bars got shut down. So we just decided to hang out and just make a bar 
stool chat bar stool environment in our own house yeah so uh, allowed us to well just, my house not uh, our house you know, we don't live together we're not that we're not that good of friends but um yeah we just he would come over and we like we said well you know we're supposed to be quarantined and stuff but we like work together five days a week yeah and we're like in very close proximity to one another so we're like ah that's a calculated risk that we were willing to take just hanging out with just each other and yeah. uh, you know, sitting on the couch and drinking some beers and shooting the shit, and, and finally we were just like, let's just, we should just record this. Yeah, and like, after about about twenty or thirty episodes in, we actually started getting good at it. So you know, <laughs> yeah, I know, same mediocre here. Mediocre at best, but <laughs> I'd give us a C plus. But uh, yeah, we you know we just talk barstool wisdom and uh, talk about current events, uh, sports, a lot of sports, a lot of video game talk, a lot of movies. And, and we um, also like to be a little pretentious and talk about whatever beer we're drinking. And we review our beers. Yeah. So oh, I, I like guess that. That's ni- that sounds way nicer. Review our beers. Yeah. I'll stop saying pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> so what are y'all drinking right now? Uh, right now, we actually have one of the most popular beers <laughs> in the what? United States. Like the most pretentious beer we could probably have. Pliny the Elder by Russian River Brewing Company is what we're having right now. We actually did an episode where we talked about this beer in length. Yes. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners will have to go check that out on their on their podcast. I, I've i had a, several beers today. I had um, an Axis IPA, which I think is a, I think it's a local brew. Um, I've also had... A Bishop Hard Cider, and uh, right now I'm drinking a, a pretty good. Uh, most Texans have had this one. It's good old Shiner Bock. Oh, I love Shiner Bock. Yeah, is delicious. it's one of my favorite beers. Yeah, I love yeah. Shiner Bock. Here it's. I knew a... you were gonna say Shiner Bock. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> I could yeah, this is my sipping beer. You know, and I'm just gonna be on the show, and I don't need to. You know, I don't want anything too heavy. I don't want to get. I was gonna ask y'all, have you ever gotten like super shit faced on an episode? Um, uh... early, early on. <laughs> Early on in the podcast, yeah, a little too hard, a little too heavy. We've nipped that, but uh, since we started doing the streaming... We started doing more live streaming, and because we do that for eight hours at a time sometimes, uh, we get a little schnockered by the end of it. Get a little wasted, and eventually they're like, there's just no more. We can't. And then you can really (laughs) see how how well we know each other, because we really start picking at scabs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Picking at scabs. (laughs) How many years? How long have y'all known each other? Like, is this like a childhood situation? Or um, uh... not not quite childhood, but we've known each other for probably a solid almost ten almost years ten now. years now. Yeah, yeah, almost a decade. So we worked together for about half of that time as well as for our day jobs. Yeah, we're both at, a couple of line cooks. So at at any point, have y'all ever had like um, the feelings for the same girl and had to decide which one was gonna allow the other one? Uh, no, we just <laughs> Eiffel Towered her. Like just. High five, hold hands, and take care of it right there. Then we both got over it pretty quick. Honestly, no, not really, though. No, no, like... Answer it seriously. Yeah, no, not really. I don't think that's ever been an issue with us. I think it helps, like, you know, I always like to have friends that have... That are interested in different types of chicks. Like, maybe they're... we're both uh, pretty interested in, like, all types of women. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. And so, you know... Do they breathe? <laughs> it's pretty easy to be like, oh, you, you, you like? That's fine. I'm good then. <laughs> we don't necessarily have to breathe either. It's just. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all backworms, oh, too, though. Cosby style. Okay, I get we it. Like I to, guess. We like to crack a cold one every once. Oh, but yeah, no. Um... Crack a cold one. <laughs> Fuck you. We like to go to the morgue and crack a cold one every now and then. Jesus. <laughs> No, that's like my new favorite thing. I love that. <laughs> so, uh, what, so what made y'all? 
uh, pick Jackie Brown for this uh, for this episode? Is there any reason, or is it just it's a damn good movie and you wanted to watch, you know talk about it? Yes. Well, we love <laughs> it is a damn good movie, of course. Uh, we love the the Super Mario Brothers movie, and we did a whole commentary track of that on our <laughs> podcast. And yeah. we wanted and we wanted to talk to you about that, but you had that earmarked for somebody else. Which was, yeah. and I was like, okay, that's cool. Then we'll pick something else. And I really wanted to do Quentin Tarantino because yeah, he and I both love thinking QT. about the, the Tarantino movies. And uh, Michael, and I couldn't think of any mustaches. My, <laughs> so, like he's going through different things, and like we're we're going back and forth. And then he's like, wait, Jackie Brown? And I was like, Jackie Brown? And I was like, oh yeah, De Niro. Yep. has a fake mustache on. It's not fake. It's totally not wrong. fake, yeah. Because I, it had been so long since I'd seen the movie, I could just barely hazy picture it. Yeah, as soon as yeah. I... Yeah, he oh, goes a like good a, mustache when he yeah, wants to. Yeah, it's bushy. That's a bushy boy. It's a... Yeah, it's definitely a bushy... That's a, a nice uh, push broom mustache. Um, it's great. I, I, yeah. I very much enjoy it. Um, and, you know, we... We don't get too many. We've had a few like '90s uh, movies, and a lot of it. A lot of the reason why we haven't had that many is because there's just it's hard to find mustaches in the '90s. They, they kind of yeah. fell out of contention. Yeah, yeah. They just I think died the, out. people are bringing them back though. Well, not only are we in the Pacific Northwest, which is you know the birthplace of hipsters, so hence yeah. the flannels, the mustaches, you know, scarves. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he's a scarf boy over here. Scarf. I've got my scarf, my flannel, my overalls. <laughs> All at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to your latest episode where you were, y'all were like, I love how, you know, because here in Texas, I'm in South Texas, and so we get a lot of shit whenever it's cold, and we hear it from people up north, like, oh, come on, you're bitching about 35 degrees, like, holy shit, I've had to walk to school in the snow, four inches of snow or whatever. And um, I guess y'all were, I could tell y'all were getting a lot of shit about this little heat bubble y'all were in, this little fart bubble that um, was going on in the North Pacific Northwest, and I could feel your 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 anger. Like y'all don't get it. We don't deal with this. <laughs> like, like, like I could don't. feel I, I could I, feel your anger. <laughs> I feel like Michael actually put it rather eloquently when he was like, "I mean, it's just like down south. If some snow happens, like they're not pre- you're not prepared for that, yeah, at all. And so yeah. for you, it's an extreme. Like for people there, it's an extreme thing. Whereas for us, we get this heat of like 111 degrees. That's hot no matter what. Yeah, it's and also a different type of and heat. And your humidity is really, really rough yeah. out there. Donculous. And so yeah. it's like, it's it's an ex, it's a different experience entirely. And you're just not acclimated to that. Yeah, y'all have like that, like Houston humidity. Like in Houston, it is so humid. Like nobody has a good hair day there. Everyone... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible, man. Everyone wears a hat. Okay. Yeah, everyone wears a fucking hat. I'd have a Dr. Robotnik mustache going on there, I think. <laughs> Just be all, like, crispy and, like... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad y'all made it through, man. I'm, that must have been absolutely horrible. Probably very akin to the uh, the crazy winter freeze that... Uh, Texas dealt with and you know it was just devast just devastated the entire state which was insane I'm glad that y'all were um sorry I'm burping Shiner Buck um I'm we'll get glad there soon. it's forgivable <laughs> we'll get there soon too dude <laughs> just watch out when I start burping oh yeah don't worry I'll uh not edit it so- oh, perfect. <laughs> that's how I like it raw oh yeah the listeners know that uh the, most podcastio listeners like it raw uh for the most part um they 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 like it quick, dirty, and raw. And that, same with all the girls we dated. <laughs> <laughs> Together. Together. <laughs> we share. So you have her Saturday. I have her Sunday. 
Uh, weekends are our time. Yeah, yeah. We got, we got, yeah, we got boy stuff to do on the weekends. Boy stuff. Oh my god. Uh, I, I wish I should. I should have said that back when I was married. Like when my wife, my wife at the time asked asked me, "What are you doing this weekend, boy stuff? You don't need boy to worry stuff. about it." Yeah, All right. Don't don't trip. That's what's up. <laughs> Whatever I feel like, because I'm a grown up, damn it. Grown ass man, I do what She's I like want. like you're coming at me really aggressive right now. I'm just curious. I'm just asking you a question. There's <laughs> a reason I'm not married anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. This guy so, knows what's that, like, what's that like, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> this is the reason. I mean, it's not because I came at her hard. It's because she kind of just came at other dudes hard. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> or other or dudes, on or other dudes or came on. Other that. dudes came on her hard. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Oh, uh, uh, you can't laugh about it, man. You'll kill wait, yourself. Wait, so. were y'all were y'all married? Were any of y'all married? I was. Justy yeah, was, no, yeah. I was so, married, uh, uh, I mean, that was a long time ago. How old am I now? Thirty-six. You're forty-nine and a half. Jump out the window. Forty-nine and a half. You know, as you get older, you like to keep track of those half marks. They're yeah, really important. They get really important. Um, yeah, so I'm 36, and I, that, so it was, uh, it was 13 years ago. Oh, wow, okay. 12, 12 years ago, I was divorced. Oh, so you, yeah, you've um, you've been away from that for a bit. Mine mine wasn't that long ago. Mine was oh. like 2017. But it was, it was fine. It wasn't like anything crazy. But, well, it's good to know, Justin, that me and you have both tried it. At least yeah, tested it out, see what it's like, and you know, maybe again someday, but I'm not looking for it. That's Man, for sure. yeah, if it comes by, if it comes around, you know, any of you ladies want to try to try to anchor down anchor down Daniel Segura, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of boy stuff to do. I got a lot of boy stuff, like what I'm doing right now with Hanging these boys. Hanging out with the boys tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we got six balls and we know how to use them. <laughs> So, uh, do y'all, uh, so what is some, you, I think, was it, uh, one of y'all mentioned, I think it was Michael mentioned that maybe he went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with this movie, yeah. looking a little oh. background. Yeah, sometimes I get locked in on weird <laughs> shit. If you guys, if you listen, uh, you listen to our most recent episode, I don't know if you caught any of our other stuff, but that, there's like an episode where I talk about Airbud the whole series for like way too long. Um, it I, fascinates I love me. that. I love it. It fascinates me. Dogs playing sports. Anyway. Um, and how it just shouldn't work for most of them. Airbud yeah. does most it of them, again. But some they would be better. <laughs> yeah. The second movie, Air, I'm not even going to go no, there. No, no, no. We're not, yeah, doing, we're not doing that. We're no, not no, doing no, that no, 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 no. So. Yeah, I went down a rabbit hole on a couple different things. The very first note I wrote down, I took four pages of notes. And the very first note, it's a three-hour movie. The very first note I took was, why is the dollar sign an S with two lines through it? It's a stupid fucking Because I was doodling as the, as the movie was starting up. And I was, like, drawing little dollar signs. Because, you know, Jackie Brown, it's like a heist movie or whatever. And I was like, yeah. why the fuck is that the dollar sign? The euro is a stylized E. The yen is a Y. Why is the dollar an S? No, no answer. To that even question. this, I didn't look it up, so I don't know. I never got around to looking. <laughs> so that you didn't up. even look it up. Nope. No, I didn't feel like it. I felt like putting it. Up, I felt like putting it out here raw. So Just let the world find out and figure it out. Yeah. There's some, anyway. there's somebody yelling at their phone, like you know, because they know the answer, but we don't. We can't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I never really thought about. It. I always thought it was like dollars. 
it so it's uh, like it's an S at the end instead of the, the but sense the but the sense front. is a C. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. With Dad, a fucking pun. Dad joke of the podcast yeah, right now. Jesus. Holy no, shit. No, it was just gonna be more. Trust me, I can outdo that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so yeah, well, that was one rabbit hole. We'll get to the second one here in a bit, though. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, I am more than happy to start digging into this movie. We'll kind of we'll kind of bob and weave through this, and um, yeah, like you said, this is a longer movie, but I honestly like a lot of it. I love all the bits, and um, it honestly kind of went by pretty fast, mostly because always does. Yeah, it flows. Yeah, it just flows pretty well. Um, I love the opening of the movie, by the way, with Pam Greer on one of those auto walks at the airport and yes. the credits are coming the, through. The people mover long shot with the credits. It almost gets to the point where it gets a little awkward just watching her there. Yeah. But I do love that shot, too. And I love how they bookend the movie with that shot. Like the beginning and the end of the movie are like the same yep. shot, basically. Yeah. And the same song that across mm-hmm. uh, one the same song, but yeah. she's driving and there's a long shot of her. Yeah. That song is a banger, y'all. I Oh, yeah. I'm like playing the, the whole soundtrack is rad for this That's movie. That's a great soundtrack. Yeah, I need to get it. And um, honestly, Pam Greer looks still amazing in this movie. We've we have, covered. Do we others. take the same fucking Are notes? Are you serious? <laughs> we literally both were like, God, that Pam Greer. Pam She's banging hot. for. We looked her up. Forty-eight years old when that movie came old. out. Forty-eight. Like, Holy Damn. crap! Yeah. We'd like to see her younger. She looks the exact same. You can check her out in Foxy Brown. Yeah, yeah, legit. Yeah. Coffee. She's in so many movies back then. Oh yeah, a yeah. lot of those um, exploitation music with with Sid, which we'll I'll, I'll bring Sid back. Oh up yeah, get into the movie a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so uh, she does a light jog to the airport. She's obviously in a hurry. Uh, then we see that the we we eventually get to honestly the other like to me Pam Greer and Samuel Jackson. This is like both their movie. They both really carry this whole fucking film. Yes, and Samuel Jackson is amazing. He, he, first of all, his whole appearance is a goddamn statement. So weird. Okay, so check this out. I got it. So we talked so long about this. So this is a thing that I actually had to look into a bit more because we talked about it. It's so ridiculous looking. His hairstyle okay. and his braided beard was Samuel L. Jackson's choice. He came to Quentin Tarantino with that, and Tarantino was like, yes, do it. <laughs> Holy shit. What the it's- fuck? horrific it's a horrific statement it makes his character everything i think mm-hmm. yeah, really it makes his character so iconic because he's just so fucking weird looking yeah yeah he kind of like, also... like red dyed hair too because it's like that ain't no natural colored hair that's for sure yeah, it's got reddish tint i was gonna yeah. say he definitely di- dyed it or tinted it or something to give it that yeah. kind of reddish look and the little the little beard braid it is just it is something special and then also the fact that this is an, a 90s movie, and he's wearing a lot of 90s shit, which is like oh, yeah. those like flat caps and the, the, the oh, yeah. track his, suits. Infam- infamous Kongle, um, which which pops in there a couple of hundred times. Yeah. And even Pam Greer wears it later and, in the movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so good. it's so good. Uh, everything looks so much more comfortable to wear back then. I wish, we, really I wish we got back there. Like Even though it looks ridiculous, you know that shit felt nice and comfy oh, uh, compared it's, to like it's, wearing tight pants now, you know? It's just, right? Yeah. It's coming back. I see I see these these uh, these children, and I'm like, that's – am I – Where do you see I, these children at? <laughs> <laughs> Not by the high school. There's a restraint or you can't go there anymore. <laughs> Around town walking. That's where he picked up his ex-wife. <laughs> hey, hey, nice clothes. 
<laughs> you remind me of when I was in high school. I had something just like that. You want to see Jackie Brown with me? <laughs> I'm like, damn it, Justin, get back in the car. <laughs> boys <Wow>. night. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I got. Call me later. I've got boys stuff to do. <laughs> and I really do enjoy the whole opening of you know we we meet Robert De Niro there. He's with he's with uh, Samuel Jackson's character, who's Ordell Robbie. And, yes. um, uh, Roby. Roby. Oh, there Roby. you go. Roby. And, it's spelled uh, Roby, but pronounced Roby. Pronounced Roby. And that, actually, his name was a point of contention with us because I heard Odell and he heard Ordell. And it is Ordell because he does spell it. Yeah. But yeah. Like, uh, people pronounce it differently throughout the movie, which gives all the characters character themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that's just a weird Quintonism that was thrown in there. Yeah. 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 I like that it. That opening, though. I'm with you though. That opening is really great. I love it. Uh, I, I think Robert De Niro is is just crushing his his acting is just so on point because he just looks so bored and still like I mean yeah I'm with my buddy but whatever is happening is happening and this is just a character you're not used to seeing him play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's so chill. Like he hardly really shows anything early on. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we meet Melanie as well. She's there. And, of course, we get a solid foot shot at some point. Uh, Almost immediately. <laughs> and gross. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't fucking with that. Don't be you putting your foot on my drink. Nero's character is grossed out by it, too, because he's always moving away from her feet and stuff. Like, throughout the movie. <laughs> he's like, silly. he's always just like, he takes his drink when she's, like, touching it. He's like, she no, rubs, don't do that. He his glass <laughs> and finally just like, uh. no, I'll just take that now. <laughs> And uh, at some point, um, I think this is around the time Ordell mentions that he works with like a Mr. Walker and he has a half million dollars in Cabo. So all that will definitely come back around later on in the movie. But yes. they do plant the seeds here. And uh, we find out that Ordell is selling a, a gun to some dude in New York uh, because a detective uses it on a show. So he's like the whole back and forth of the whole thing of – Oh yeah, these guns are worth a lot of money, not because they're good, but because they're using these popular shows and shit. Exactly. Yeah. They show and the, the whole the chicks with guns thing that he's watching too. Yeah. That's so uh, like fun. I, to this day, I still quote it when you absolutely, positively have to kill every motherfucker in the room, <laughs> except no substitutes. That <laughs> AK forty-seven. My AK forty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and uh, they eventually we do get to meet Max Cherry. He's uh, the Bell Bonds guy, uh, played oh. by Robert uh, Forster, and I loved him in this movie. He's awesome. Oh, he's Didn't he get an Oscar nod for this? He got an Oscar nominee, uh, nomination for Best Supporting Actor for his, this role. Uh, he was actually going through a bit of a, a slump in his career at the time. Yeah. And Quentin gave him, like, saw him at a restaurant and just gave him the script and was like, oh, you're playing this character. Damn. Damn. Robert did not have a agent at the time. Oh shit. And he was just like, again, he was in a slump. And so he was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino actually designed, like when he was working on it, he was one of, I think there was three other actors that he had in mind for, to play this character. And he was the foremost actor that he wanted to play. Oh in. shit. Well, damn. damn. Good job poaching that guy. <laughs> like, Quentin, Jesus. Seriously, like he just happened to see him in the restaurant. I was like, Oh, cool. Uh, it's the same thing with Jackie uh, Brown with uh, Pam Greer. Uh, she had uh, auditioned to be in Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. didn't get the part, but 
he, the reason... Was she supposed to play Uma Thurman's character, or who was she supposed to play? There's I don't, not a lot of strong female characters in that movie. I don't, I don't remember which character it was. I could pull it up. I'm not going to. Okay. Uh, but he remembered her audition so much that he, when he took on this book, he changed it from Jackie Burke to Jackie Brown, changed it from a white character to a black character, and kind of shaped the role around as if Pam Greer is going to play Oh, shit. Character. Well, that's cool. Yeah, which actually worked out for the better, more than likely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's a beautiful, beautifully performed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome in it. And I also heard that Sylvester Stallone was supposed to play um, Robert De Niro's character. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone was but originally... he turned it down? He, yeah, he originally he wanted to play it. And then I don't know what happened on that, but he ended up turning it. In. Why? You would have had to show up for work like two days. Robert De, Robert De Niro's barely in this movie. <laughs> Robert De Niro wanted to play Max Cherry. Oh, interesting. But because Quentin was so like, no. Dead set. Okay. On, uh, he was like, take take the role of Take Lewis. this role. Okay, interesting. A lot, yeah. a lot of actor juggling. It works for the best. I think, I think the way he decided to put them all together in the film worked out great. Uh, agreed yeah it works out great but uh so yeah so max cherry meets ordell and um they go back and forth i do like the whole back and forth i like the whole bit of where he points out tommy tiny lister jr rest in peace by the way um Uh, yeah there's a photo just last year yeah Yeah, it was just last year um and there's a photo of him and max and ordell says um uh you know that guy (laughs) he's like yeah he's like um and he says something like, oh, see, I'll take a picture together. He's like, but you're the boss, right? Like, you wanted to take the picture. <laughs> and then he just he glosses over that. He doesn't answer him after that. He literally is just like, oh, I see what you're doing, and just, like, moves straight to business. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, cool that you know. Whatever. I don't, I don't care. Oh, my God. And so they have a back and forth. They talk about that they're trying to take out – they're trying uh, – basically, Ordell's trying to get out um, Beaumont. And um, I think he doesn't even know his like last name at the po- at this point. Yeah, but... he's like, is that? I would guess that was his Christian name, is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, eventually, uh, they they do agree to um, on a, on terms. I think it's gonna be like ten thousand dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand plus a thousand for the um, for, for bond the fee. Co- bond bonding fee. fee. Yeah. Yep. And uh, this guy's name is Beaumont Livingston. And he was on probation for unregistered machine guns, and it's considered a violation of his probation. He's looking at 10 years for his arrest, blah, 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 blah. So Beaumont, by the way, is played by Chris Tucker, which... Oh, I love it. I love the young Chris Tucker. (laughs) I love that also you brought up uh, Tiny Lister, too. So uh, Tiny Lister and Chris Tucker have worked together in two other movies... I gotta just point out which Mr. Trivia today, dude. Damn, you should bring this to the pod, our podcast, more often. Fuck, dude. <laughs> I, I do our podcast all the time. This is the only time I've done this. I <laughs> that's was really excited that's fair, I guess. No, this yeah. is good stuff. Yeah, I love this. Uh, but so, uh, Tiny played Debo, the bully in Friday, and as well as the, the neighborhood bully in Friday, as well as in um, Next Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who yep. obviously Chris Tucker was in. He also was the president in. Um, the Fifth Element. Yeah, which which I specifically said when we were watching Chris Tucker acting alongside um, Sam Jackson. I was like, he's not. He's definitely Chris Tucker, but he's not going full Ruby Rod. He's not. <laughs> it's, it's no. The first thing I said because it's like that's Chris Tucker to the umph degree. It's right. just like gone. He's he's doing Chris Tucker, but he's doing it in a dramatic way. Like it, yeah. he really pulled that 
character off. Again, mm-hmm. I, I can't say enough how great the acting and the direction on acting was in and this entire film. You get two great shots during that, too. So after they talk to each other, he heads outside, and you see this great panning shot through the gate, and then you see this great doorway frame with, while the two characters are talking to each other right before they leave the apartment complex. Right. And then you see the iconic trunk shot. Which... And I don't want to step on your toes here, podcast. No, but... But I just like I really am into cinematography and on like every part of that just works so seamlessly and it's all these iconic Quentin Tarantino moments just one after another and it just works so great together. I especially love the conversation that they have with the trunk shot. Oh, the trunk shot is one of the most entertaining portions of the movie. It definitely catches your attention early on and and it, it's like I don't like tight spaces. I hate looking to get in your fucking trunk, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I love how dead set he is, too. Yeah. No. Because he knows it's a fucking trap. You don't get into somebody's trunk. <laughs> and he had the right idea because, uh, well, he gets in the trunk. And like you said, he uh, the idea that he just goes up the road, takes a left, works his way into like some that kind of long shot. Yeah. That, that long yeah. shot, too, that happens. Yeah, great. And this is construction site or something. Opens the trunk. You hear Chris Tucker say something like, Motherfucker, you try to do someone a favor, and boom, boom, he just fucking kills his ass, just wastes him. And then that's when we basically get the Robert De Niro um, kind of like, hey, man, I'm going to bring you in on this. Like, there's this dead guy. Uh, I think he does. He, I guess he has him, like, get rid of him or something, like, get figure out what to I do mean, with the body. Like, I think that's kind of the idea that's happening because, like, he goes to uh, where he's got... Yeah, he's not, like, showing off. No, so it goes, must be like, hey... He goes to where where, care of this. where he has Lewis staying with uh, uh, his girl over there. Some yeah, Hattie, girls, uh, yeah, Hattie Winston is there. Yeah. Yes, Patty Winston playing Simone. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's... And, yeah, he, he calls him. He's like, okay, well, I got something I need to show you. And... I, I'm with you. What I take from that is he's like, yeah, so there's this. And he's just like, yeah, he owed me shit. Kind of like, you know, I, I take care of business, but also like you're going to take care of this. Yeah. yeah. By the way, Robert De Niro's face when he's in the chair while Patty Winston's dancing. <laughs> he's just rocking. <laughs> it's one of the weirdest fucking, it's like, so weird. did he decide to do that? Or did Quintertino tell him? <laughs> Honestly, it looked like he's like he's aggressively rocking, as Michael stated he's last night. Rocking so but, hard, but, he's, but also his face and how it looks—he looks like he just got out of prison for a, out of prison that he's been there for four years. Yeah, yeah. That's established. Yeah, he's he's around. This is the second girl he's like we see him around, and she's dancing for him, and apparently has been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like he like it's almost like he's trying to hold back a bunch of urges because he's like, don't be an asshole and just rape her. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't use the R word, sorry, but uh... <laughs> you're such a gentleman. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, again, don't not by the high school. Anyways, fucking um... <laughs> goddamn. But uh... um, I'll bust my ass forever. It's yeah. fine. But it is—it's such a hilarious scene. I it, it is, is stupid Lord. funny, I, and, uh, and I, I'm with you. I'd like to know if it was his choice or if he was directed to do it that way. Yeah, <laughs> we should watch it with the commentary sometime. Just to, yeah, oh yeah, cool. that would be fun. So at some point we get back to the LEX and we see uh, Jackie Brown um, 
and she has stopped by an LAPD cop, and she's also stopped by good old Michael Keaton, who plays like Michael Keaton. Was it Ray Nicolette or something? Ray? Yeah, Ray. Yeah, such a douche. He's yeah, he is the perfect douchebag in this movie. <laughs> he actually, he actually rep- reprises the role of Ray the next year in another. Um, oh yeah, another movie. Yeah, movie that is done based off of uh, uh, Elmer Leonard. But, oh, another Leonard novel Leonard, where he plays yeah. the same detective. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and yeah, he he plays it so well. Like like such a douche. <laughs> the biggest. The fucking the glasses, the sunglasses that have the like the cord around the, them, the, the, chewing the gum all the time. The fucking fifties leather jacket and the white t shirts. Oh, like, oh my so god, bad. dude. So I love it. It's it's so bad. I love it. Yeah. And uh, and they obviously knew that she was coming around. They knew exactly how much money she had because they asked her for a bag. She has fifty thousand in this like envelope, and she's like, "I'm not talking to anybody." And they're like, "Well, you can talk to customs or you can talk to us." And so they she decides to eventually go and talk to them. And yeah, we learn a couple of things about Jackie Brown. She only makes sixteen thousand dollars plus benefits for working for this Cabo airline, or Mexican right. airline, which is fuck. That is. <laughs> garbage yeah. even even then that's garbage yeah, that's... even then it was it, the movie set in 1995 right. <laughs> like it's not that long ago not. the grand scheme of things damn like, that's damn. trash yeah and uh the, the cuts go back and forth with her but eventually they do find a little baggie of i think some blow in there and uh they throw her in la county and uh, love that shot too yep going into the prison and also them pulling out the cocaine is a really cool shot too because like i like that he's they just they as the viewer, you get to see him pull it out of the bag, but she's behind the desk, so she could easily be thinking, like, they planted that shit on me or anything. She doesn't play it like that at all, but she can easily think that. Like, yeah. I really oh, yeah. like how that yeah. shot. Yeah, for sure. I also got to mention, dude, it's the other stash of the movie, too. Uh, yeah. Michael Bowen playing the other detective, Mark, has, like, the most, like, quintessential cop mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he totally He's does. such a polar opposite to Michael Keaton's character. And also, Michael Bowen also appeared in a lot of uh, other Quentin Tarantino stuff. Um, yes. He was Buck in Kill Bill, for example, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, real, real fucking dirtbag in Breaking Bad, too. And he was also in Django. It's, I don't know, he just plays a shitty character. He's, he's, got he's a, a piece he's of shit kind of guy. He's got a dirtbag face. Yeah, yeah. he does. And, uh, Dirtbag mustache too, you know. <laughs> so um, Jack Jackie Brown goes in a county, and then we get that scene with Sid Haig, by the way, playing the judge, which is yes. amazing because they've they've definitely been in some movies together. They've been in a lot of movies together. Yeah. And so another fun little fact for you: Jackie uh, or Jackie Pam didn't know that Sid was even going to be there. And so when she first walked in on set to do that shot, she just busted up in laughter. That's awesome. Because Sid was sitting there. That's that's fucking awesome. <laughs> and she, all she could think about were all those movies that they did together. Like, that's hey, there rad. you are. I've seen you in a while. <laughs> like seeing an old buddy. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, dude? Also, there's a point. I, I didn't look at all the names, but there's a point where they're like in an elevator, and one of the names in the elevator of to go to like a certain office is it's actually says Sid Haig. Uh, it's S S Hague. S Hague. There you go. Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit!" Another um, name on the elevator too, and I can't remember what it is. I'm not good at taking notes. I just try and remember as much stuff as I can. <laughs> Thanks for the disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> I have nothing written down. 
Actually, I think I wrote one thing down and I left it downstairs. <laughs> and it was for the opening of the movie. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's a bad note taker. He didn't go to college. He went, oh, you went to art school. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, why I don't take yeah. notes. I was an English major. I have tons of notes. Hey, 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 hey. hey. I dropped out of art school. Hey, I dropped out of <laughs> regular college. <laughs> So uh, at, I think at this point, the the cops asked for like $25,000 a bail, but Sid Haig grants her $10,000 uh, bond. And uh, he says they'll reconvene in six weeks. So then we see Ordell in the courtroom there, and he hates, he heads straight to the bond place to go and uh, take care of the bond for, for Jackie Brown. And, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of back and forth there. And... Um, yeah, you know, I think Max Cherry is a little bit um, suspicious of this dude at this point. Because I, I think he already found out about Beaumont at this point. I think so. Uh, no, he hasn't because he's all like, he's like, I want to, because um, Ordell is like, I, I want to just take that money from for Beaumont and, and transfer, transfer it over. Oh, which I'm like, right. I don't think you can do that. He's like, wait, what? He's <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, you didn't hear. He he's killed. Somebody killed him. Somebody got upset, and I think that what is what leads more into his suspicions. That's yeah. right. Of yeah. Wardell, because yeah. Max Cherry definitely seems like the smartest guy. I, I he's probably in, my throughout favorite, the entirety he's of my this movie character. Yeah, overall, just watching him through it all. Just I'm just like, yeah, man. Why did you just have your shit together? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Jackie is the smartest gal, but this uh, guy yes. is definitely the smartest guy. He's been doing doesn't it for so a, long. Doesn't have stiff competition, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> and there's even a part where I think Ordell mentions that, like, look, I need help here. Like, Jackie isn't a gangster or a criminal. She's in her 40s. She's a black woman. She's in a pretty damn, like, tough situation. But Max is like, is my white guilt supposed to keep me from running a business? And Ordell gives him, like, this fucking stink eye, and he goes, all right, so that's how it's going to be. All right, right here's yeah. the $1,000. <laughs> so he actually exactly. had the $1,000, but he was like, maybe I can, trying, yeah. Hustle him, yeah. Hustle him a little bit. So then Max heads out to get Jackie uh, as he, um, I think he turns in some other woman during this whole part. And there's that whole thing where, like, she's walking toward him, and it's like this sweet, romantic, like, R&B music yeah, starts. Holy instantly. shit. Love at first sight. That's so great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that it's beautifully shot it's well done yeah it's... around that point in the movie was when i thought to myself um wait is all of the is all of the music in this movie coming from the environment and then we me and you started piecing we together started, justin we were like wait a second it's either in the characters heads or it's playing somewhere in the so, in the movie's environment yeah and so and by the i from what i can tell is it's only coming from two characters heads Jackie and Max. Jackie and Max. Sherry. Everybody else, the music is happening because it's playing from the environment. Radio, speakers overhead, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So not only is it a great soundtrack, but it's a weird use of music, too. It's very unique, actually. There's a lot of uh, no music happening behind. It's just the folly of stuff moving. And, uh, you know, like, it, it, and then, of course, the, the characters talking. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like the I like the little meet and greet there. They get in the car, they go to eventually head to a bar that looks like a I don't know, a photography dark room. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned too. It's yes. so red. It's so red. It's, like, it's not dark, it's red. It's like they're like they're using heat lamps to light <laughs> yeah. the shot. Like, like holy shit. 
And uh, they get to talking about, um, you know, how much time she's looking at and, and this and that. And and she's basically like just kind of just planning out what she wants to do. And Max Max does bring up Beaumont's name when Jackie mentions that the, the guy that gave up her name was found with his head blown off. And Max lets her know that it was Ordell who paid for her, her bond. So she automatically kind of has her suspicions up like, well, he's probably going to be visiting me soon. And uh, that is exactly what happens. <laughs> He fucking yeah, yeah. goes by her. I really like the part where Ordell goes to her apartment because she plays that shit so good. He keeps turning oh, off the she's light, such a badass. which is hilarious. Yeah, he's like trying to be like Mister Assassin Killer guy, and she's oh, yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah." He's the one that keeps setting the mood too. He turns the lights off, and right. then he dims the lights again a second time after she turns them back up. Yeah, and she's just like, "Man, fuck that!" And the way she's just like. I don't know, man. The way she just, like, spits fucking words at him, too. It's just, like, she's such a badass in that scene. Clearly doesn't give a fuck. Is not intimidated. But also, at the same time, again, cinematography nerd, I fucking love the use of shadows in that. So, yeah. When they're talking to each other against the window, and that's, like, the only light is... Because shooting into the light isn't something you do a lot in cinematography. And he's shooting into the only light source, and it's just making them just silhouetted. And it's, just, it's a beautiful shot. It's a beautiful scene. It is very, very nice looking. And uh, she presses a gun against Ordell's dick. And <laughs> yes, oh yeah, is that what I think it is? I don't know. What do you think it is? Mm-hmm. I think that's a gun against my dick. <laughs> well, you are absolutely right. Now back the fuck, up, and I'll just stop quoting from there. Yeah, yeah. she throws it against such the wall. a badass. It's so good. Um, Ordell tries to play it off by saying like, "Oh, the police are just making you paranoid. They're trying to just manipulate us, you know, toward black on black crime." And and she just shuts that shit down. She's just like, "No, shut the fuck up. Sit the fuck down." Yep. And she's like, "I don't give a fuck what you think." Yeah. And she basically tells him like, "I get it. You're you want to come kill me because you think that they're gonna try to offer me some kind of plea deal." And I'm going to give up your name and blah, blah, blah. She's like, that's not the way it's going to be. I haven't said shit. I just told him I wanted my lawyer. And uh, basically, she mentions that she has a plan. And Yeah, it's uh, almost yeah. like, I feel like this, to me, it felt like she came up with this plan, like, as she was just kind of talking with Max and then just really got to the point of it when she got Ordell on the couch mm-hmm. and yeah. he's going back and forth and he's just like she's got it finally and she knows exactly what she's going to do yeah yeah it's pretty awesome um oh yeah she's so quick on her feet and then um Max comes back for his gun in the morning because she actually used his gun from his glove compartment yeah and that weird <laughs> split shot that he did there too whereas like you see as she's um, talking with Ordell, you see Max kind of pulling into his driveway, and he opens up the glove box, and the gun's not there. Yeah, he's got it's, that yeah. look on his face like, oh, just like, as oh, there's a, you hear the cock of the gun. Yeah. So good. And uh, they have a little meet, you know, another little good little meeting here, and she plays some Delphonics, and he quite enjoys it on her record player. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's nice. You, you're starting to see like, oh, they got kind of a little little connection or whatever, you know, it's, it's nice. Um, you see that she's either playing into the fact that she can tell that he obviously is infatuated with her, or she's also like, oh, you know, I kind of like this guy too, maybe. Yeah. yeah. The conversation is kind of like charged with like Freudian stuff too, because um, like my girlfriend pointed out when he was like, uh, when Jackie offered him coffee. She's like, you want cream and sugar? And he's like, black's fine. <laughs> it's like this, there's this whole like kind of Freudian stuff going on there. Yeah. And it's, it's amusing. Yeah. 
So um, after that, we find out that Ordell has uh, has to trust Jackie because he can't do it himself, and um, he's if he uses his own guys, he doesn't you know he doesn't trust them either. So basically, ha- he has to lean on her. So she asks um, at some point she asks Max how he feels about getting older, and they, they talk they go a little <laughs> bit back and forth about how he feels about that, and uh, because she feels kind of stuck, like she started over several times already, and she doesn't want to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Which is understandable. I mean, if she ends up having to do time or some shit like that, shit, everything's going to fall apart. So there's a lot of pressure on her. Even like exactly, even if it's just, you know, a year, two if it's a two-year sentence that they're like two years, you'll probably get out a year and some change. Um still like at that time, like that's a lot. She loses her job, she has to start all over. She's already in her 40s, like absolutely I understand that thought and feeling. Especially how society is with that sort Desperation, of Desperation, for sure, yeah. 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 Like, backed up against a wall. Like, what else can I do at this point? I gotta gotta dig myself out of this, because I ain't going to fucking jail. Yep. So the next scene, she talks to Nicolette and uh, Detective Dargis, and she lets them know about what she was wanting to do and how she can get them Ordell. And the only thing I remember from this scene is Michael Keaton's fucking squeaky-ass leather jacket that he's wearing. <laughs> oh, it's so squeaky. <laughs> well... I, one of the things that uh, really stood out to me is when uh, he shows up, when, when uh, uh, Michael Keaton's character shows up first, pops his head in the office, is like, hey, oh, I'll talk to you real quick. Yeah. And then as um, Michael's character walks out and he goes, and, and, and she turns, she's like, oh, do you mind if I smoke? And she, like, asks this time. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, just all smiles. And he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, totally. Because the first time they met, he, uh, he was like, did I say you can smoke in my did office? You did permission? you ask permission to smoke like, in my office? She's ask. like, may I smoke? And he's like, no, no. you may not. <laughs> it's like totally this bad cop, good cop thing that happened over the course of like, oh, now you're willing to work with us? Yeah, go ahead. Have a cigarette. Light them up. Who cares? You want to do a bump of blow? Yeah. You you want, here's a whole pack. Here you go. Have mine. Here's a little baggie we found earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we get back to Ordell, and I just remembered that Robert De Niro's in this movie because he's been gone for a while. And um, Oh, Robert so De Niro. Wait, wait a second. Oh, yeah, the mustache guy. There he yeah. is, and uh, he got some new he got some new clothes. You know, Ordell's, like, shaping them up, <laughs> getting them all fresh. Um, his chick is high on the couch, and Ordell gets a call from Jackie. Then we uh, get to see Robert De Niro choke on a bong, which is fun. I mean, oh, I thought yeah. he was going to fucking die. The coolest die. bong in the world, I uh, might that's add, That's a too. really cool bong. We talked about it rad. for a grip, yeah. actually. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not a smoker anymore. I used to smoke heavily. I It makes me crazy now. Yeah. But... The craftsmanship of it, I really like the handle that Bong has. Yeah, and it's all like c- ceramic or like earthenware instead yeah. of like the glass stuff that you see these days. Bob, hi, we're from Oregon. We um we have legal pot <laughs> I was gonna here. Say, Jesus Christ, <laughs> we're going in a Bong taco. <laughs> I like the craftsmanship yeah, of this Bong. The like handle's very ergonomic. Goddamn hipster hippies over that? there. Jesus, that's what. You're <laughs> I was like, were you twirling your much. mustache while you were? <laughs> What you were saying? That? <laughs> no, he was twirling my mustache, yes. <laughs> and he was he was he was running his thumbs up and down my suspenders. That's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ordell held, uh, heads out to go take care of some business, and um, then we get this like whole back and forth between De Niro and um, what's her name, Melanie Bridget Fonda. <laughs> Bridget, Bridget Fonda. Fonda. Yes, it's, it's Melanie. <laughs> yeah, Melanie and. Uh, 
he's looking at a photo of her when she was 14 years old. He's like, wow, you look good. Like, you, you almost look 16 here. And I'm like, put the photo down, De Niro. <laughs> right. Yeah. Way to lean into this character, you right. creep. Oh, my God. Uh, they clearly have, like, a history, though. They, like, know each they other. They do. And it's, like, it's weird. It's like, how the fuck do you guys know each other? Since he's looking at a photo of her when she was 16, and she's clearly, like, maybe eight years older than that now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a trip. spent time in prison for almost four years. Yeah. Like, so it's what? like, why do you know this girl? Yeah, it's so <laughs> that's like a weird, unexplained thing in Jackie Brown. I was like, how do you guys know each other? What's your history? This is weird. And the fact that they talk about some dude that... They see a photo that she was in Japan, and she's like, yeah, I live with this guy in Japan, and that's pretty much the only photo I took while I was there. And Robert De Niro's like, oh, cool. Um, yeah, that's great. And she goes, you want to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. And it's, Three minutes later. Three minutes it's later. Now... <laughs> um, he's, <laughs> the title card. He's like, he's like giving the Heimlich maneuver, but he's choking. You know? <laughs> it's insane fucking legit dude. oh my god so then we see uh max and he's he goes to get a cassette of the delphonics because uh you know he wants to figure out you know he wants to get into the music jackie likes well i mean he's already kind of into that type that style of... yeah because he's an older cat like, yeah he clearly already likes like you know r&b like motown that kind of yeah. stuff yeah but he doesn't he didn't know who the delphonics were he liked it he's into jackie and he wants to get into that that's kind of jackie's like light motive like that in the uh 110th street are like two songs that like come up a lot. Yeah. Like the the Delphonics thing comes up a few times whenever Max is driving to Jackie from like that point on. Um, especially like when well, we'll get to that very last scene, well, close to the end of it, where you know Sam Jackson's riding in the car with him. And he's like, "This is the you like the Delphonics, you know, yeah. like that kind of whole back and forth that they had." Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's kind of operatic in that. But again, the use of music in this is fascinating. So good. Like it's actually like a part of this story. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I really like that. And so, yeah, Jackie meets with Ordell in this swanky ass bar. That bar looks so cool. I thought for a second that was the basement bar from Inglorious Bastards. Looks a little different, obviously, but that is the coolest fucking bar. We both were like, I want to drink there, dude. Yeah, seriously. Like, the doors alone, I was just like, those are really dope ass doors. Yeah. And that opened up this entire conversation as the doors open, you have that brick archway. Oh, yeah. There's everything about oh, it. Oh, it's rad. So yeah. Good. I think that place is cool as hell. So here, Jackie breaks down her entire scheme, which maybe y'all are more familiar with the scheme, but basically she's going to bring in like a uh, a trial shipment uh, for the for the cops, which is like a quick $10,000. And then the second shipment will have the half a million. And uh, yes. they go through like, basically how they're going to do the the drop off and who's going to switch which bags because i think one woman's supposed to take a bag so that way they can actually get the money and then the cops don't get the money it's like a whole yeah. scheme thing um it's, it's a unique kind of heist thing too because you yeah. see it from every perspective i love that you they, they literally show you like what the cops are expecting and then what um ordell's expecting and then what jackie is actually really doing so it's kind of unique that it shows all the angles. In, you know, I mean, usually heist movies are built around this like crazy moment that you didn't see coming, you know, because you didn't see the whole plan or whatever. But uh, yeah, this one's not like that at all. It's very transparent with it, and yet you're still like, oh, that was still cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was, still, it was like, still fun to watch. It's, Weird. It's still, and like even how they piece it all together, like it, it keeps you like uncertain about what's going to happen because it changes slightly. It does every so often. Mm-hmm. 
It really does. And then until the last minute, and then you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah, for sure. Is this going to also be a different outcome? Is somebody going to get, well, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We get that scene where De De Niro speaks with Melanie, and she's like trying to coax him into working with her and basically fucking over Ordell. Yeah. And, um, oh, I love that scene too, because this is the first time where uh, anyone talks like real poorly about Ordell. And she's just like, he's just a big old fuck up. Yep. She's just constantly just being like, he, he's dumb. He's stupid. He might be street smart. He, he moves his lips when he reads. What does that say about him? <laughs> and my right. thought when she said that, my thought to that was, he's reading out loud. If you read out loud while you're re- you hear it, see it and say it it's going to help you memorize it better but never mind learning things um i just love how she's really like tearing <laughs> you took like it. a lot of offense to that do you do you move your lips when you read i never really noticed uh, no when i'm sitting down and like reading a book by myself no but if i'm trying to memorize stuff yes yeah oh, okay. i would literally yeah. read when i'm studying yeah. i will read out loud yes. for sure yeah i oh, yeah okay. it just helps uh with it soaking into your fucking brain juice um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> at some point, um, I think, uh, I think, I think De Niro does tell him about it, and he's like all fucking like chill about it's it. It's almost, yeah, it's almost the next scene um, after it because yeah. he at first it, it leans into the whole idea of being like, uh, you know, I I fucked her, and he's like, oh yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, but like, are you okay with her? You know, shit. being in on your business, like, do you yeah. trust her? And he's like, no, I don't trust her. Yeah, he's like, fuck no. Yeah. He's like, well, then why do you have her here? He's like, because I know, I trust that Melanie's going to act how Melanie acts. Mm, yeah. It's also it, makes sense. Predictable enough. He's yeah. like, I know exactly how I can utilize her. That's um, why I keep her around. She's a variable I can control. Yes. That's basically what he was saying about that. Um, I, I do want to cir- circle back real quick, too. Uh, there was a title card. When when they first went to the mall and did the 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 dry run handoff basically oh yeah, oh, yeah that's they, right after this a, anyway so yeah yeah there was there was a title card that said that the mall the delamo fashion center was the largest indoor shopping place in the world and i was like that doesn't sound right i don't know if this mall's real looked into it the delamo shopping center is a real place but it is not the largest in the world it is actually only the seventh largest in the united states Yes. Yeah, and the, the the even in the United States, in the top ten in the world, the Mall of America is larger. And I was like, well, wait, well, this movie came out in 1997. Is is, is was this mall bigger at the time? No, the Mall of America was made in 1992. So that, that was another rabbit hole I went down, where I was just looking at mall sizes for like way too long. But just the just the fact that it happens to be the Del Amo is the seventh in the U.S. and the Mall of America is the seventh in the world. Seven sevens. I don't know. Sevens are a weird. Seven. thing that come up a lot with us <laughs> with, so. yes, with us in particular <laughs> yeah. and then the movie came out in 1997 holy shit oh there's my your god there's your triple sevens dude that's a jackpot right there so yeah that was the second weird rabbit hole i went down <laughs> dude so there's something magical in the 90s about going to a giant fucking mall by the way like okay yes is. seriously there really is watching that mo- just watching the movie and seeing them in the mall i was just like i i was transported back to a time and i was just like <laughs> You can't go to a mall and feel that way. I had a feeling of like, I kind of want to go to a mall. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do I want to go to a mall? 
because you, it's everything in one place. Magical. You can go get some new pants. You can go buy a movie or a video game. You, you can, can go, go look at some movie? collectibles. You can go see a movie. You can get some grub afterwards. Like it's Dude. have a pretzel. A it's cookie, so American. A it's the most American thing. The old school arcades. And it's funny that's, oh yeah. That, that, <laughs> oh but yeah. It, but it's yeah. The arcades too is another fucking blast. Um, but then it's funny too. It's such an American concept, and yet like. The top out of the top ten, there's only one American mall, and it's the Mall of America. It's, it's funny too, though. It's such it seems like such an American concept, except it's not that American. I mean, go to. Uh, I mean, Southeast Asia is so densely packed, and that's where all the rest of the top ten malls are. Yeah, like that, you just go and like they, they just like everything is everything's a right shopping here. center. This is a because shopping because everything's packed so tightly together. Yeah, like yeah. Just, whatever you need, you can find it. Just turn around. This has been uh, malls on the keyboard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> pleasure having you on pleasure having podcast. you on yeah <laughs> great, great to have you on the show uh so um, we eventually you know speaking of the mall shit we do have a lot of fucking mall stuff after this because we have the initial jackie and ordell meeting at the mall they talk the details of how it's all going to work out but then all of a sudden ordell sees that max is speaking to jackie and he's like that's kind of fucking weird like yeah, <laughs> I would have been the same way. I would have been like, oh, this is getting a little suspicious. Oh, absolutely. I also like how he avoided. So Max came out of that movie theater. Yeah. By the way, the song that's playing when he comes out uh-huh. is the song that plays at the end of the movie, which is also the song that plays at the beginning of the movie of, of Jackie Brown. Oh, okay. It's that same. It's the same song. Oh, all right. So he just got done watching the movie, so he knows how it's all going to work out. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's the trip. Okay, okay, I like it. Um, I'm into it. But how he avoids him is he sees him coming at him, and this Samuel L. Jackson character that looks like such a caricature of any baddie whatever that right. he has created just kind of puts his head down a little bit and then goes around the corner. And immediately looks over and we see Max's character, Max walk by. And I was like, there's no way Max didn't see him. Yeah. He's just walking around the mall aimlessly after leaving, headed to the food court. There's no way he could not have recognized Ordell. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, that is kind of a He's weird. met the man twice. Twice. <laughs> and he's a very distinct <laughs> yeah, person. He looks fucking weird, as we <laughs> like, mentioned earlier. Yeah. And so that, that that's the only like that's my only thing where I'm like, no. Either he a hundred percent knows and they're just like he's just playing it like he didn't notice him. Because he didn't see Pam. Uh, not at Jackie. first, no. Yeah, Jackie called yeah, him out. Like she she called him out. Yeah. And so it's like Either he's playing it like whatever, he's just at the mall, I don't care, or he didn't notice him, and that's just not true. There's it, it can't like Ordell could have been in the fifth element with Chris Tucker, and he would have fit in fine. <laughs> no shit, yeah. <laughs> so facts, just as <laughs> yes, Ordell, yeah. So at this point, he would have been one of the aliens. <laughs> so at this point, um, Max gets presented by Jackie like this opportunity of like, would you take this money? You know, if you had the opportunity to take it. And he was a little reluctant about it at first, but. That was so much fun. I love that back and forth, too. Because he's like, if this, are you saying this, then this? Are you saying this? And he just keeps beating around the bush hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, avoiding the question. And we find out sure. that Max is kind of looking to retire soon because he had this whole ordeal that happened that same night that he took Jackie out of uh, a bail and he like apparently broke into a guy's house was waiting for him for hours and hours the place smelled like fucking cat piss 
He's just sitting on the couch. And I would be the same way, too. I'd be like, I'm fucking like 49 or like, I don't know. He's maybe even older. He looks like maybe 54 years old. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing now? Like, like, I've been doing this shit for 20 years. What the fuck am I doing? That's what alcoholics call like a moment of clarity. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, oh, shit. Yeah. What am I doing right now? I'm literally just sitting in the dark in somebody else's house that smells like cat piss right now. Holding a taser. Ready yeah. to go. A stun gun ready to go. Yeah. Oh, with a pistol on my head. It's hilarious. Fuck my life. So we definitely know there might be a chance that he's interested in working with her. So we de- we have the first trial run delivery. We get the little title card. Trial run. And she meets with Nicolette and Dargis. And Nicolette counts the money. And he monologues everything, which is one of the most fucking annoying things to watch someone do. He's like, oh, we're uh, in this parking spot here in this location. We have blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God. I want to punch Michael Keaton in the face. Again, super right. douchey. He's so right. good. And watching him do it. I love like... how he's wearing a lav mic, too. And he's, like, gnawing on gum as he's doing it. <laughs> and we're wearing lav mics right now. And I'm like, I before we started recording, I was eating something. And I was like, I'm fucking sorry. Hold on. I'll be done with this very soon. <laughs> I've got hard candy in my mouth. I'm the worst. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's just like you said, he's monologuing it and he's just going and he's even called like she's like, What what are you doing? I he's like, Oh, I'm recording this and she's like, I thought you were gonna like let it go. He's like, Oh yeah, we are and he's just like keeps going and he's just like, Oh my god, this guy is the worst. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're at the drop off spot, we see that Max is looking on and I guess to kind of see how this is all gonna work out. We also get a flashback scene of Jackie telling Max that the cops don't give a shit about the money, that they just want Odell and the guns. Mm. So we see the scheme unfold, and Max tells himself that it could work um, and uh, if she handles the cops right. So Jackie heads over to Odell's and gets pissed off at him about having um, Simone there for the pickup or something like that. Yeah, like so, like Simone was there, and those bags ended up getting swapped. Uh, Sharonda and Simone swapped bags at some point. And, uh, yeah, he, she's, she's pissed off about it. Yeah, and he calls her, you know, he, yeah. he tells her, like, hey, it's okay, don't worry about it. And they, they work out who's going to go with who and who's going where. I think it's uh, Sharonda is one of the ones that are supposed to be in the heist. Sharonda, and, yeah, and, and Simone both are still a part of the heist, even after the whole blow-up. Yep. It's yep. not until a little later that, that, that the phone call happens. Yeah, because at this point, then, we find out for this final for this like big one where she's going to get half the mill over to him simone will head out um i think jackie's supposed to take the billingsley bag which is this random store i've never fucking heard of is there a billingsley over there it's not a real store it's not a real store okay yeah that's a fake store that quentin invented and in fact um a lot of the signs and stuff in the mall are like fake stores. oh shit yes yeah oh, okay. uh, yeah it's a real mall yeah the mall is fake, real real yeah. structures all of the uh like Everything you see in there is real, except for the names of the, the actual. Stuff. In fact, if I remember correctly, the Billingsley was a Nordstrom's. That sounds in the mall, uh, so that, that might have been right. a thing. Yeah, it might have been a thing. And uh, so, yeah, so she's supposed to take the Billingsley bag that Simone gives her, then give that to Sharonda. Then Simone will head out the dressing room, wait on Jackie to give her the sign that nobody is watching, leave the store, and get to her car. And Ordell mentions that he'll be waiting on De Niro to let him know that everything's good. And that he's got his money, so that's a pretty simple operation. It should work out fine, but um, you know, 
No problem. Jackie has some other plans up her sleeve uh, for this whole thing. Of course she does. <laughs> and uh, Jackie meets with Nicolette and mentions that De Niro's working for Adele. Nicolette mentions uh, Simone, and he also wants to meet Melanie uh, because he finds out that she's not too happy with Adele's whole operation and all that. She wants to get in on it. And uh, she mentions that Ardell's feeling the heat from the cops, and he's going to bring and he's going to bring in less money at fifty thousand dollars because um, you know he's nervous with everything that's going on, and yeah. which is pretty she genius. Sets it, she sets it awesome, yeah. right? Agreed. She's setting him up. So basically, her whole plan is to let them know that he's only going to bring in five, fifty thousand. She's still going to bring in the half million, but she decides to put the rest of the money underneath her bag. And the money, the fifty thousand inside this like envelope where they've been taking the money out to count to count this whole time. Exactly, it's pretty. It works out great. <laughs> it works out pretty awesome because uh, it's a classic con. It's the old switcheroo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the old. That's the old. It's the old cover up and you know out of sight, out of mind. We're basically seeing a big game of like the shell game or, or three card Monty happening. Yeah, is effectively what's going on. Yep. Uh, there's one little little twist here though, where um, Ordell calls Jackie to let her know that Simone backed out and like ran with a ten thousand. <laughs> and uh, backed out. That was a really nice way to say. She took that ten thousand dollars and just <laughs> she was like, "Cool, I'm out." Bye. Deuces. Yeah. And, fuck all of. And this. that's like a little drop in the bucket for Ordell. So he was just like, "Eh, fuck it." Like she took the money, whatever. Yeah, fuck her, whatever. And so he decides to put in Melanie to help with the exchange, and which is the best choice that he could have I know made. talk about the greatest fucking choice like, I love this Melanie is <laughs> she's just so great I loved her like just as the as soon as I saw her feet I was just like yep I want to kill myself and cut her into pieces <laughs> so not in that order necessarily though not in that order <laughs> so um Melanie actually does eventually like she kind of tries to she kind of gives De Niro like a little bit of sign on the couch, like, "Hey, this is our time. This is our chance to to take this money," and he just sort of backs away and like makes a serious face as she calls him a chicken shit under her breath. Yeah, yeah, just really quietly under her breath. <laughs> it's, it's it's a fun little scene. It's subtle. It's very like in your face, but it's subtle because it almost looks like she's trying to entice him to be like, "I don't want to fuck again." You want to yeah. go for another three minutes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, Shoot for four this time, big boy. <laughs> but it's very much like, hey, so this is it. I'm in on it now. like, And he's just like, oh, no, business. <laughs> I'm not fucking over my dude. Exactly. I got boy stuff to do, bitch. <laughs> boy stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> we had, we had uh, it's time for the money exchange for real this time, is what the title card says. And, uh, for real this time. I did make a note of that. I was like, for real this time. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> Jackie packs a bag the way I mentioned earlier. She puts all the all the money toward the bottom of the bag and just puts the rest in a manila envelope, the 50000 Um And she ends up giving that over to Nicolette. And he counts it and everything. He marks all the bills. He tells her to stay out of trouble because she's pretty much in the clear after this. He's like, don't be trying any bullshit. He's like... You take this bag of fifty thousand, and it better be the same amount that Sharonda's shopping bag has when he gets it. Yeah, I'm gonna put this money in this bag. I better see that. Yep, exactly. And uh, and that's the other thing is he still thinks uh, that you know he's getting it from Sharonda. She doesn't tell him like there's another person that has has been swapped out or any of that stuff. Oh yeah, no reason yeah. to do that. Just keep it all mysterious. So uh, we see the late great once again, Tiny Lister. Um, 
And uh, it looks like, oh, by the way, he's a mustachioso. He was, uh, we covered him in a different, we did a No Holds Barred uh, with uh, oh, fantastic. Colgan. And he is in that movie. And it's absolutely hilarious. It's, uh, oh my God, one of the best movies. Uh, it's like one of those bad movies that's so funny to cover. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that oh. one. That doesn't sound familiar to me at all. Yeah, no holds barred. You got to check it out, dude. It is so fucking. Right. Oh my god. So, um, he basically tells. Uh, I think, I think at some point, yeah, we see him for a second, and he, Max tells him he's heading out for the exchange. He doesn't tell him he's heading out for the exchange. He just tells him he's heading out for a movie, and then De Niro goes and he's trying to get M- Melanie ready because De Niro needs to go with Melanie over to the mall. And he mm-hmm. loses his fucking shit. Basically, De Niro's character completely changes at this moment. Right? He's been like the coolest like, yeah, guy. Like so, <laughs> and that's and it's funny too because it almost makes you go like maybe that's the reason why he got fucking caught for bank robbery and why why he got four years yeah, he's is because a, he's so chill unless he's on the job and then he just is a fuck like up. his nerves like start to like <laughs> fucking rise and like yeah. like also he's dealing with this girl that he he all he doesn't trust her. He oh, knows, of course not. He knows yeah. that um, who he's working with doesn't trust her, and he hates the fact that she's even a part of this, let alone knows about the business stuff. Yeah, and they don't get off to a good start either when they're fucking running late for the whole thing and all that kind of shit. Oh, that's too. the thing is yeah. like he's like losing his shit because as as you're saying, um, Daniel, you're, you're like you think she she's just losing her shit. Yep. Uh, or he's losing his shit over her just being like, oh, just <laughs> yeah. I have to say that the song in the background is perfect for that too, because it's "She's Come Undone" by by the Guess Who. Yeah, I love the Guess a... Who, <laughs> and also it is a great song because it was too late. It was too late. Yeah, like, playing so that funny. well. She's running late, but the she that has come undone in this is Robert De Niro's <laughs> character. Oh yeah, he just uh, we slowly watch him go into a place of chaos. Um, after that, you know, Jackie's feeling good so far about the plan, and she works her way to the mall, 3.52 p.m., and she arrives there. And it's, once again, we just get the great look of the mall. It's like the most late 80s, 90s-looking fucking mall. She enters, she scopes out the surroundings, works her way to Billingsley, um, and uh, she purchases a suit randomly. When she gets back uh, in the dressing room, she waits for Melanie, and that's where they make the exchange. We get to hear Jackie say... I put a cherry on top. Booyah. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> I fucking love, love it. Booyah. Booyah. So <laughs> soon, after, soon after that, she moves the rest of the money that she had in the bag in another Billingsley bag. Uh, by the way, guys, I could never do this shit, man. I would be, like, sweating my balls off, like, trying to fucking, like, do all this shit. Like, I would just look way too fucking guilty doing this. But uh, she keeps her fucking cool, man. Oh, I, I've, I've, uh, we've definitely never done anything like this. Yeah, uh, we cannot confirm any of that. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we're no, I, uh, definitely no, I, not. I, I don't. I, I mean, have y'all ever stole anything? I, probably, I lose my shit. Have we ever stolen yeah. anything? Um, yeah. fuck. Um, this is a fun question. <laughs> yes, I have. Oh, you have? Um, I've stolen the hearts of millions. Nice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. The fucking douchiest answer ever. Man. I don't. I, I figured you know, a few girls I, in I, high school, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Last week, beautiful. yeah. He got he snatched up a couple. Oh, damn. Um, 
No, no, I have. I have. Uh, I, I stole a lock from Walmart once. A lock? Yeah. Like a bike lock? Like a combination lock. Uh, a little one, a little cheapo thing. I saw it, and I was like, I want that, and I took it. Interesting. What a random fucking thing to steal. Yeah, what the fuck? What, what possessed you to do that? I don't know. I literally, I was like, I want that, and I took it. Huh. Just grabbed it, put it in my pocket, and left the store. I used that lock for nothing. I opened it up. I was like, eh, this works. I wanted this, and I have this now. I used it for nothing. I don't have it anymore. This was, I was... Getting into a weird place in your psyche right now, I like think. 11 years old? Were you trying to lock something away? Did something damaging happen to you around <laughs> oh, that time? Jesus, no. Is there God. some symbolism to this? Get the fuck out, Freud. <laughs> Tell me how that makes you feel. It was a, it was a lock to your <laughs> gimp trunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're... Let's, let's, well, let's move on. Next question. <laughs> um, there's... So... This, uh, it's funny that you ask about the stealing thing, though, because, um, the first book that Quentin Tarantino stole was, uh, not this book, the book before it, though. Oh, another Elmore Leonard novel? Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, he stole that book. Wow. And, um, ah, there's, there's more to it, but I don't remember. You can literally buy those for, like, a quarter. Like, I don't <laughs> understand why someone would steal yeah. a book. When he was a kid. Well, I guess, I guess so. when you, like you said, if you really want something, yeah, you'll I, take it regardless of I the monetary I value. I could have bought the lock. I had like ten dollars on me. Oh yeah, I could have bought the That's lock. That's lock money. I was like right eleven dollars. I was eleven dollars old. I was eleven <laughs> years old, and for whatever reason, I was just like, I want that lock, and I grabbed it and put it in my pocket, and it was just oh. like, okay. Yeah, I never stole anything because whenever I did have money, I always like pondered. Like, was it, why is there an S on that? What does that mean? <laughs> why is there an S with two lions? Why is that a dollar? And then I would just give it back. Right uh, I think I, I've still like. Can't... No, I was more of an assault kind of guy. Never a never assault. a robbery kind of guy. <laughs> he is pretty salty, and also I've 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 seen I've seen a little rage. So yeah, I never sense. stole shit. Um, mostly because I had no? shit stolen from me when I was a kid, and so like. It was kind of like I don't want to be that guy that because like it bummed me out. I still like little things like candies and shit, but that's that's nothing. I never stole anything like God. a lock. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. <laughs> you should be in jail. Should we that's air this? Real gangster shit right there. <laughs> um, I also I like that you're like I don't want to be that guy. So it it was a couple years later. It makes you feel like violated though to get something taken from you. Yeah. I had because this is mine. You think to yourself, I and had... then somebody else just is like, "No, it's mine now." You're like, "Fuck that! I don't want it to be yours." Yeah. yeah, I had I had my CD stolen like two years later from me out of my locker at school. This lock I stole from a grocery store. Uh, well, from Walmart. Yeah, department. Uh, whatever. Store. A department store, basically. Yeah. Uh, but. I had, uh, which still is not okay by any means. Don't fucking take it. If, with like, fucking make a way to get it appropriately. It's okay. Steal. It's not kids that listen to this show. It's okay. Oh, there's not? Okay, well, in that case, do whatever the well, fuck. Well, no, he's telling adults. Don't steal. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're it's, adults. Like, this goes for all ages. They're going to do whatever <laughs> they want. I know it sounds like a kid-friendly remind- uh, thing, but it's also like, hey, hey, don't be a jackass. Don't take my stuff. The more you um, go. <laughs> but yeah i had cd stolen a couple of years later and i just remember out of my locker and i just remember being like 
like at first I was like pissed and I was like, God damn it, where the fuck are my CDs? And trying to go back through my brain, like I forget shit, whatever. Finally, I was just like, yep. All I can think about is that stupid fucking lock. Yeah. yeah. I got rid of that. Should have used the lock. I got rid of that fucking you lock. You should have used that lock, and then they would have stolen shit out your locker. <laughs> they would have been able to figure it out. They were like, what's the second lock? Yeah, what is this? Two locks? That's crazy. Two locks? Oh, or it no. might have enticed them to, you know, you put enough locks on something. It's it was, like, what it, the fuck's in there? It was a bright lock. It was an orange lock. They oh, probably orange, too. They probably called to them a little yeah. bit more. Well, I remember you had some shit stolen from you from fucking when, I've when had you were. Well, you, a lot of shit stole back when you now. still back when you still drove. I remember yeah. you and I went out after work and got fucking shit housed. And you're just like, oh, I'll leave my car parked. Obviously, we ain't driving, so we we stumbled our way back to my place. But yeah. then the next morning, you had your fucking window busted and a bunch of shit stolen out of your car. Yep. Yeah. So anyway. uh, that that didn't make me think of the lock because all the shit that's happened. There's a fun night. Other than that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> uh, all the shit that's happened to me, uh, you know, since. Um, uh, the CDs being stolen, and all I could think of was the lock, and I got rid of the lock at that point. Uh, did you just throw it in a river? What did you? No, I literally just threw it in the trash. And the, you should just threw it in Walmart's trash at least. <laughs> she just walked in and hung it up. On yeah, just put it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I was a child. You should have given uh, it a yes. proper burial. The lock. <laughs> there you go. Should have flushed it down the toilet. Just like you're like just like Goldie. <laughs> Is that not a proper burial? Am I doing this wrong? Um. No, all the shit that happens to me, like, that has happened to me now is just because I'm a shitty person. Like, it has nothing to do with me taking... I don't steal th- stuff from people anymore. Uh, I you just do other time. shitty things. I'm just a <laughs> shitty person in general, and so the world's like, all right, well, you don't have some shit happen to you. So this has been self-loathing on the keyboard. Jesus Christ. Thanks for being our guest, uh, so sorry. Daniel. So sorry. This is uh, karma on the this. keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh... So that suit she buys is $267, which is a lot in 1970, So much money. That's a, mo- a lot of Holy money now shit. because you said, like, that's like, I, I don't know, you made a joke. I, I made a joke. I was like, that's like $50,000 in today's <laughs> money. But, but it is, uh, like, if you were to do the inflation for it, it's a lot of money. It's probably, like, almost double. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And you can now buy that suit or a suit similar of similar quality for that amount of money. Yeah. And so that's why, to me, I'm just like, that's a fucking expensive that's suit. That's expensive oh, yeah. suit. Yeah. Jackie Brown throwing some money People around. still buying suits at $265 then? Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. That's sure. supposed to be like high, high-end designer shit. Um, that's the only thing I could guess. I mean, because, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, living... That's a lot of yeah, money. living in LA for the yeah. little bit that, that should have messed up her plan a little <laughs> bit, too. Yeah. If you think about it, because it's like but it didn't because she didn't use unmarked, she didn't use marked bills. That's fair, but also she's, I mean, she only makes sixty thousand dollars a year, Six, so sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. That's why I said. Oh, it sounded like sixty, and I yeah, like, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's way too much money to spend when you're making that kind of money. But uh, she's doing it because she wants to suit. She also knows she's, she's going to be getting some money. So um, yeah, that's true. She, Hopefully, as long as it works out. Let's yeah, find she out. she yeah. races outside the the the, the, the dressing room. She tells the cash register lady that someone left a bag in there with some towels, and she eventually heads out of the store looking flustered as fuck. There's a cool little camera 360 around her, which is uh, very interesting and fun. Adds to the tension. Then she Great she job. calls out for Ray Nicolette, and as Min says, um, she says that the exchange went bad, basically. Like, some shit went down. And then uh, we get the maybe one of the crazier scenes in the movie. We get the perspective from De Niro and Melanie 
uh, where De Niro is super stressed out about the whole situation, but he he tries to keep his cool. Um, he does notice that Max is there browsing around for a second, but he uh, eventually Melanie comes back with the bag. He snatches the bag from her. He's super aggro right now. He's been aggro like since they showed up already, and he's oh, just yeah. like holding her arm and shit. She's like, "I'm gonna go be over there because you're being like super suspicious." And he's like, "No," and she's just like, "Will you let go of me?" So <laughs> you're making to. a scene. Basically. Yeah, she made. Yeah, so he he's making a scene, so she makes a scene back. She's like, "Fuck." Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, he's like an angry father at this point, like an angry stepdad. <laughs> oh. like, fucking no. He's like, "No, just give me the fuck. Give me." The- Bitch, in the fucking bag. You know how you talk to your child? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way I plan to if I'm a stepdad. I absolutely. mean, they're not my kid. Uh. <laughs> Legit. I don't, I don't love them like you love them. As a stepdad, it's almost your job to damage children. <laughs> Bitch, give me that bag. So, so uh, <laughs> it's your Dora the Explorer lunch pal. And you're like, Bitch, give me that bag. What's this? A sandwich? Well, this, why don't you eat your whole sandwich? Well, <laughs> fucking pack that shit for you before you went to school and you didn't eat the whole damn thing. You just had a string cheese and half an apple. This is why your mother hates me. This is how I know you're not from my bloodline. We would have finished that sandwich, bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we, uh, he, he starts getting super frustrated. He can't find his way out of the mall. Then he can't find his way to his car. And Melanie is just giving him all kinds of shit and telling him, "Oh, she's just eating it oh, up, dude. It is, it's rough." The smile on her face when she oh. points to the direction outside, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she she just goes full fledged like, and then she starts laying into him like she was laying into about um, Cordell. Cordell. Yeah, she's just like, "Oh, you guys are both just the two both biggest just a couple fuck of fuck ups." Yeah, yeah. Really pushing his buttons. I really like uh, Melanie's character development. It's like how we act when we get too drunk on streams. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he eventually tells her to not say one more fucking word. But she doesn't take direction very well. And she says, okay, Lewis. <laughs> she doesn't even say anything bad. I think she just says, like, okay, Lewis. And, which is De Niro's character's name. And he just fucking caps her twice. Boom, boom. And she just fucking, blo- like, it's just, damn. I was like, holy shit. Oh, dude, it's, it's so good. It's so sudden, and it's like it's one of the most like brutally violent things in general. Like it's just because it's just so sudden and so out of nowhere that it like takes you off guard because you're almost chuckling. And Quentin Tarantino does this beautifully in all of his movies, where he can make you be like laughing your ass off, and then just be like, "Oh fuck, stone cold!" Like it's almost like actually Kojima, Hideo Kojima, the video game there developer, says the same thing. That if you have these high highs in this comedy, it will make the drama feel that much lower. Yeah. And it's almost like, yeah, you're like chuckling and laughing at how she's, te- you know, teasing him and picking on him and stuff. And he just fucking straight up kills her fucking gangland style. You. Yeah. And it's like, and it's so cold. And he just like walks away yeah. from it, too. It's, it's like, heavy. Damn. He, he's even kind of talking to her a little bit. He's like, see, I told you this is where the van was. <laughs> and she's like fucking yeah, yeah, dead back uh, there. <laughs> I got right. I gotta circle back just real quick though. Um, when we were going over the movie, uh, the look he gives her inside the mall before she's like, "Will you let go of me?" She like says something. She's like, "Oh, are you are you sweating?" Oh, that's are, right. Are you too nervous oh, for this? Right. And mm-hmm. he looks at her. And the look that he gives her, I was like, "It's a look." The look says, 
I'm either going to hit you right now or I'm going to kill you later. Yeah. Um, yeah. He does not hit her right then. No, he doesn't. You know what he does? <laughs> he kills her later. He kills her later. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's very much a serial uh, killer type stare, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, bitch. It's a sociopath shit it's, right there. It's, it's a sociopath in the sense, like, he probably should have just hit her right there. Probably wouldn't have killed her. Hortel even says that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I, it's it's insane, man. Uh, and then we get uh, Max's perspective perspective from the whole thing. And for Max, it was a pretty smooth ass situation. It was oh, so yeah. cool, easy peasy, right? <laughs> super chill, super awesome. This guy's got his shit together, and he's just like all the bad shit that's going on around me. He doesn't give a fuck nope. about. He goes yeah. and he gets the bag of beach towels in the fitting room because he says that his wife had let them left them in there. So he goes and he gets them, heads out to his car, uh, his giant fucking baby blue sedan he jumps in with the cash then we get maybe one of the best scenes in the movie which is when de niro tries to make sense of why he shot melody after he picks up ordell at the strip club Uh, oh my god ordell asks (laughs) asks if she's dead and de niro's like yeah i mean pretty much (laughs) ordell's like no she she needs to be dead bro it's either she is or she isn't it's not good news if she's alive so i totally understood him not being happy with that. But then, uh, yeah, things uh, hit the fan pretty quick uh, for poor old De Niro. Damn. You notice something about this movie, too. This is something I didn't even put in my notes, but it's something I noticed as we were talking about it. Everyone who dies in this movie gets shot twice. Oh, yeah, because they understand, like, double tap. Even, like, even Ordell at the... Well, we'll get to that. But, like, yeah, as Ordell fucking kills De Niro, boom, two shots. De Niro kills um, uh, Fonda two shots. Um, he kill and then Ordell kills uh, fucking Chris, Chris Rock two shots. Chris Tucker. It's like every time it's a double tap. <laughs> yeah, Chris Tucker, Chris Rock. Imagine Chris Rock. Oh, I ain't yeah, going in Tucker, that fucking bad. truck. No, he actually. He... I had a couple of beers. Whatever. Dude. <laughs> and it's it's. <laughs> There's a lot of names to keep track of in this movie, too. The fucker's three hours long. Damn. And, uh, yes, and I do love the part where he tells he tells De Niro, like, after he shoots him, he's like, I don't know what happened to you, man. Why'd you have to shoot her? She had a sweet ass or some shit like that. She used to yeah. have a sweet yeah. ass. Like, because she's dead now. Yeah. And he just instantly is like, she's gone and she's forgotten. Talked about her past tense. She sounds sweet ass. This is my little surfer, my little surfer bunny or whatever the fuck he says. Shoots her again and then gets out of the fucking van like a goddamn cold-hearted killer. Like he's a great bad guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was rooting for De Niro the entire movie, by the way. Even when after he shoots her, I'm like, fuck yeah, kill that bitch. Great, (laughs) awesome. Keep going. And then when the whole back and forth. I I remember just when I first watched the movie too. I I was like this is years ago. I'm a child, but um, I was just like, oh yeah, now Robert De Niro's gonna be Robert De Niro. Like he seems a little high strung, but he's gonna kill Samuel L. Jackson. Nope, nope, nope. That is not the way it goes. He's gonna let Samuel L. Jackson just have a gun. Yeah. yeah. Like, why are you letting this character have a gun? Yeah. Like you he know shoots, that's gonna end up he badly shoots for you. People. Yeah, he yeah. does this. And this is when he gets his suspicion about Max Cherry because the reason he gets so pissed off is the fact that Robert De Niro saw Max Cherry in the in the mall, but he mentions it later. Yeah, he didn't think anything of it. of it, and that automatically makes him realize because there's that one cool scene where, excuse me, where uh, basically you know Ordell looks through the bag, realizes there's only ten thousand and not five hundred thousand, and there's that little moment where. 
the camera zooms in on him and he just has his eyes closed and it's just like the music. I think they have like some Latino music play. It's like some kind of fucking Spanish music. Right. Yeah, it's right after like he he it's right after he asked about the gun. He checked the bullets. He smelled the inside to see how recently it was fired. Right. Um, and then he's just kind of hold. He, he he loads the clip up and he's holding it and he's got his nose down and it looks almost like he's kind of praying. He's like, I'm just trying to think, just think of it. And he goes, Jackie Brown. I think it was Jackie Brown. Yeah. It was like so incredible. Like where he was like, it's got to be her. And then that's when he brings up Max Chair and he's like, Yep. I saw her. I saw him speaking to her the other day. There's definitely some kind of fucking fishy ass shit going on here. Yeah. So for being a dumbass fuck up, he's I pretty mean, smart. Street smarts are really smart. clicking in there yep. for him. So then uh, Nicolette is losing his shit uh, over the whole situation. Uh, Jackie's over there at the precinct, and they realize that you know she says something like Melanie basically bum rushed her for the money and took off. And then Melanie's yeah. killed, so they're figuring that she got killed for the money, like someone took the money from her. And then Nicolette leaves for a second, mentions that they found De Niro's fucking body dead. So they're figuring that Ordell killed him. So basically they lost him when they, he was at the strip club, so they, don't, they didn't know that he took off with, uh, with De Niro. So now they're trying to find or they're trying to find Ordell, but he kind of tells her, you better hope Ordell doesn't find you before we find him because you're going to be fucking dead. Yeah. yeah, he's like he he's basically like everything checks out for your story and all of this. You've helped us, so you're free and clear. But if you've got anything else going on, well, that's between you and Ordell. And if you don't find him, or if he if we don't find him before he finds yep, you, you are fucked. That's that's on you. Yeah, we I honestly the the I the only thing I remember from the next scene is Ordell's like freaking out with his contact uh, Walker from Cabo but then at some point he tells the chick that's living in the house that he's staying at right now he says would you just clean up oh, yeah Shiranda. Shiranda he's like would you clean up here yeah. some repugnant shit <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just like how, how do you live like this and she's like look, look. <laughs> like, like this this is some repugnant <laughs> shit she just nothing she doesn't say anything she's uh, a little a little she's slow. high as a kite yeah, yeah. she is uh, definitely yeah. on some heavy shit um, yeah. Ordell calls Tiny. He gets Max's beeper number. Uh, Max calls Ordell, and we get this cool shot of of Ordell in the dark, which I'm sure you really noticed, Michael. With uh, he's he's in the dark. Yeah, yeah, you see the oh, smoke yeah. just billowing. Shoot, the, the lighting source is a shadow. Yeah, it's it's actually uh, again, it's these. He has these contrasting shots throughout the entire movie where like things are. You see the same shot in reverse kind of happen a lot. Yep. And this is an example of where she's now set the mood. She's set the lighting. And he's walking into the situation as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. it's very neat. Yeah, it's all very, like, high-end fucking cinematography stuff. Like, like, I, like me and Justin, you, you and I have talked about, like, this might be the best Quentin Tarantino yeah, movie. And it's not a popular opinion, but it might just be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that he keeps it interesting, and honestly, it's not a movie that has, like a fuckload of, like, action scenes or anything to, like, you know, oh. there's no, like, major chase scenes. There's not... For it being, like, very much, you know, um, you know, it, it definitely harkens back to a lot of the exploitation from the, the 70s and the in the 80s. As, as he was trying it, to It doesn't do. have yeah. a lot of the crazy action and the crazy, like, crazy-ass kung fu right. and shit like that. But he still manages to make it a very interesting movie that for being as long as it is, you don't really realize it because it's captivating. So uh, oh, that's yeah. that's honestly a feat in itself. That that means good writing, uh, in my opinion. 
Yeah, we did we did our notes last night. We rewatched this movie and we were up till three in the morning because we got a late start on putting it on and we were the whole time we were just like into it. Yeah, into it. Let's do this. And we're like, just like, Oh shit, I gotta go to bed. Let's yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Let's yeah. yeah, I was up till one thirty last <laughs> got, night. So I feel ya. <laughs> So, um, so then, yeah, so Max tells Ordell, uh, Max comes over. I love the part where he knocks on Ordell's door because he finds out where he lives because Tony, uh, Tiny finds out. He knocks on the door and Ordell's like, damn, why the fuck are you knocking on the door like you're the cops? <laughs> <laughs> He just bangs on I don't that like that. Pop, yeah. pop, on I hate that, that, on that shit. That Southern California uh, metal screen door. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the security yeah. gate that's on the outside of the doors. Kunk, yeah, yeah. Kunk, kunk, yeah. Oh, so great. I love I that. I live in the south side of San Antonio. Have the same fucking type of, like, metal door. Yeah, no. it's been there yep. since. My my pops lives in Las Vegas. Yep. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, I just, I just, it just makes it's a, it's it makes sense as a screen, which is funny, too. You think somewhere where, like, weather is uh, wet, drear weather is such a problem. You think we'd have metal screen doors as well. We don't. No, we don't. We got that stupid mesh. Yeah, it's like, like that's not. They can just cut through. <laughs> like a mosquito can cut through it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. So, <laughs> fucking mosquitoes. I hate them so much. Oh, oh god, dude, everybody don't even get does. us started. Absolutely worse. <laughs> so that uh, Max tells Ordell uh, that Jackie wants to give him the money herself, but he explains that she's a little shook from everything going on and the fact that Ordell brought up the fact that he might throw her under the bus if shit doesn't work out and she end up doing time. So he says that he needs to go over to the bail bonds office where the money's in a safe, and Jackie needs to see him get the money, and then they'll be good to go. So they head out there. We get a quick scene of Jackie practicing grabbing a revolver and this and that, and like she's kind of preparing for the situation. But then we get a really good scene where Ordell is speaking to Max, and he basically tells him, like, Yo, if if shit pops off in there, if your big old motherfucking coworker is in there, <laughs> tiny Lister is in there, yeah. I'm gonna fucking shoot your ass first. I'm gonna shoot but you, you die, die first, first. No matter what the fuck happens, I kill you. <laughs> I yeah. kill you. I kill, I kill you, dead. you dead. Which I love that mentality. Like as soon as I think something might be suspicious, uh, so... <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you in the spine. It's just a really great villain. Like yeah. it's, and, and he's such a piece of shit. Like, Ortel is sucks. Th- like they made him a really great villain uh, that was written for this. Uh, Sam does a great job at portraying him, and he's just a really great villain. He's and he's straightforward about it too, and he's not bluffing on any of it. We know this by this point, and so he's just like, just so you know, if this is the scenario, you die yep. first. Yeah. Period. Period. And how Ordell wasn't like like you know like you were talking about Michael like. Like, how he wasn't suspicious about the fucking room being dark and shit. Like, I would have been like, this doesn't feel right. I don't think I want to come in. Yeah, this feels a little sketchy, yeah. The reason he wasn't is because Melanie wasn't lying about him being a fuck-up. And also also just, like, he's street smart. And he's made it by being that and ruthless. But he's not really, like, paying attention to... All of he, the fine details. He, he's like a chess player who always feels like they, he has the upper hand. He know, and then it's yes. like, oh, you missed this checkmate, yep. idiot. So, yep. yeah. No no, 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 you can't go and move that piece. That's why I said checkmate. Sorry, dude. Yeah. So, no, no, it's the game's already over. You're thinking a few steps ahead, but I already yeah, got you. Jackie yeah. calls out um, Ray, uh, Ray. He shoots Ordell dead twice, <laughs> like you were talking yep. about. She Double calls tap. Him out. She, she calls him out in the most popular, uh, mo- the 
not popular, the appropriate, appropriate, effective way. Yeah. By being like, oh no, he's got a gun, Ray. He's got a yep. gun. Yeah. So he just comes out shooting. Yeah. He's like, boom, oh, boom. Yeah. bang, bang. You know, yeah. Because 1997, it's a man of color, and he's got a gun. Oh, Honestly. <laughs> Oh, 2000 <laughs> That's all right now if it's a right manic killer it's dangerous so yeah it's like definitely is dangerous for for adele so he gets shot twice uh he is dead and um he has the forty thousand of mark bills on him so that's basically what they were looking for they were wanting to find the mark bills on him yeah and he has the extra ten thousand looking for that other forty thousand because the other ten thousand they found in melanie's uh yep. shorts because that was the cherry on top yep, yep. So then uh, Jackie, uh, after all that, after all that goes and, and um, Ordell's gone, we get a new scene where Jackie drives uh, drives through the Bell Bonds office, and he's she's in Ordell's dope-ass car, by the way. <laughs> so she got the yeah. title and everything. Like I was like, damn, that's awesome, because this car is actually pretty dope. I, I'm not sure what model that is, but it looks like a European or a, maybe a Japanese model, like a Ma- Mazda. It actually looks like a LeBaron. It's not a LeBaron for sure. I, I a drove a LeBaron when I was. It, that was my first car. It's not yeah. okay. It looked like. But it a does kind of look like. There is a Chrysler LeBaron in the movie though, because I do notice them. Because I love that car. There's one. Maybe that's why yeah. it looked like a LeBaron because I saw one prior. Yeah. Okay. Max cool. when, when Max goes to Good his to car. Know. But after yeah, the I mall. was. I actually was just looking at. And I was just like, "What is this car?" I'm like, "Is it a LeBaron?" I'm, I just kept thinking of. of I that. gotta find out. I'm, I have friends that are like super gearheads, yeah. so I'm gonna ask them what what car that is. But uh, no. but yeah, it's a dope ass dope ass car. And so then Max yeah. only took ten percent of the half a million, which is uh, pretty nice of him, by the way, because he really was kind of he was a good portion of the planning and. And she even tells him she's like, "You you can take yeah, more. you yeah. could have taken more." And he's like, "No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good with yeah. it." No, I mean he's he's pretty okay. I mean he the dude owns his own business. It seems like his he's business fine. is getting traffic. He has his he's shit fine. put together just fine. She needs the money yeah. more, and he really has a thing for he her. He does, yeah, but not so much that he's like I want to run off forever. Why do you think he doesn't run off with her? I think he feels like she needs to live that life, you know. And maybe when she comes yeah. back, if he's there, then they can settle in but she never really had a chance to live that life like she's literally been fighting and struggling for most of her life starting over and over and over so i think yeah oh she would have to start over again if she got into a relationship with him so he was like go to barcelona enjoy your time i'm gonna be here doing my max thing over here (laughs) my max cherry business and rad name by the way too i didn't even bring that up yet yeah no yeah, that's, that's a fucking awesome again, name. All, another reason why I, I like the character so much because not only uh, is the character put together so solidly and performed so solidly, his name is Max Cherry. <laughs> it always makes me think of the Kirby video games, though, because there's the maximum tomato in that. <laughs> yeah, no, and so it's me. like you eat the Max Cherry and you get more power. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, I haven't yeah, had a Max yeah. Cherry since I was maybe in high school. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, oh. Uh, so... <laughs> So uh, they they actually do have a final kiss in the movie. Max gets a phone call and he has to cut it off short because I think he actually has the the feels like he's like, damn, I'm gonna miss her. And we see her take off and uh, we get a. She even tells him she's all like, you're running a business. Yeah. Phone call. Yeah. Because he's already like she can tell he's already decided he's not going. Yeah. Because she's smart as fuck. She is 
she's the smartest person if it's not Max. Like, they're, they're either equal or yep, she's smart. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Period. And, um, in this entire the whole, in the whole movie, yeah. And then we, we get the shot of yeah. Jackie in her car mouthing to the lyrics of Across 110th Street by Bobby Womack. And then we get the end credits, boys. That is the end of the movie. Um, that is Jackie, Jackie Brown. Brown. And as you know, um, I do like to do a quick impression of a lot of the movies that I cover on the podcast, yo. And this is a segment I like to call Quick Impressions. <clears throat> Quick impressions. I'll bet besides maybe an afro, you look exactly how you did at 29. Well, my ass ain't the same. <laughs> Bigger? Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Thank you so, yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. Oh, so good. All right, guys. I always love doing those. So do you all have any uh, plugs for this show? Uh, any um, Where can people find your show? All that good stuff. Uh, may, uh, may I, Justin? Um, should I just do it the same way I always uh, do it? Uh, you, you should. Uh, just just a reminder, we'll be on the keyboard. Michael's going to tell you all about that. Hello, this is Beer on the Keyboard, and if you want to check us out, you can check us out at anchor.fm slash beer on the keyboard. Also, you can check us out on Spotify, which is owned by Anchor, and subsequently, you can check us out on all social medias, at Beer Keyboard is our handle. We're on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Check us out on any of those places. Also, we go live, and we live stream some video games where we get drunk while we're playing them, twitch.tv slash beer on the keyboard. Pretty much beer on the keyboard for everything, except for social medias where we're beer Hell keyboard. yeah, guys. Thank you all so much for joining the show, man. This was so much fun. Well, thanks for having us no, on, man. Thank you so much for having us, yeah. dude. This is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I know we're both a bit long-winded, so thanks for bearing with us on that. Uh, had a oh, blast. no, this is actually a, a not a long episode. I've had so many long episodes. So considering how long this movie is and the fact that we were able to work our way through it and honestly dig into it a little bit, fucking awesome. So I loved it. We're, we're as efficient as we are long-winded. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, but that's what we are. That's fear on the keyboard for you well, right there. Hopefully, you know, next time y'all want to have a little, you know, little boy time, little boys, little boys time. That sounds real creepy. Little boy, not little boys no, time. No no no, 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 no. I was no, raised Catholic, no, no, so I can't do that. No, no, no. We're doing boys, big boys stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. Just no, no, no. Don't put a size. We're putting size no in there. Size. We're just doing. Oh boys yeah. Okay. Stuff. So next time we're. Doing... Next time we're doing, next time y'all are doing boy stuff and you want to add an extra boy, give me a call, you know? <laughs> Sounds good, we're dude. We're going to. This, is, this has been fun as fuck, so yeah. <laughs> Alright, guys, we'll uh, check y'all later. And uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed that really awkward ending. Have a good one. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you to all the mustachiosos out there supporting the show. Interact with the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and now Discord. Just click on the link in the show notes. If you really love the show, visit the shop on Bonfire and get yourself a t-shirt. Mustachio Podcastio is the weird uncle of the Podmoth Media Network. <laughs>